guys, welcome to the Care Coach Lead Show. This is Andrew Frezza, and I got a guest on today, Jonathan Dijon. Did I say that right? I should have asked you before we started recording. <laughs> Close enough, Dijon. Dijon, it works. Wanted to, to just thank you for coming on the show today, Jonathan, and I'm excited to talk to you. We've had a little bit of a relationship from afar uh, these last couple of years, and you're a listener of the show, and I was excited to talk to you because I just saw on Facebook the other day that you're going to be opening up a new brand, a new location, and we'll talk about what that brand is, but you are coming up from the CrossFit space and have rebranded away from CrossFit since then, but now this new location is going to be a completely different model. Uh, but before we get into that, I wanted to hear a little bit more about your story, just so we have a little bit more context. I think it's always helpful for people to understand kind of like, how did you get into CrossFit functional fitness and, uh, when did you open up the gym and how's that been going? Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me on a uh, long time listener, I guess, probably one of the first business gym podcasts that I started listening to that in, uh, Kalipa's podcast back whenever y'all were seven figure box. So one of the first that I've been listening to pretty stand, uh, pretty steady since then. So thanks for having me on. Um, as far as my, I guess, story or where we started it, you know, I, back in high school, I guess I was, it's kind of when I started working out, I wasn't super into sports growing up. We were growing up in South Louisiana, a little bit more on the hunting and fishing side. So kind of skipped over the, the sports as a kid thing. Wasn't really into it. Tried it a little bit. Um, played a little bit of baseball when I was young and quickly learned that that wasn't for me. So, um, we started working out in high school, probably sophomore or junior year, really strictly just because it was a thing to do after high school. It was fun. I thought I needed muscles. Um, so that was kind of, you know, I was weighing in at a, probably a buck 25 at that point. Um, so really just started lifting weights as kind of something to do with my friends after school and quickly fell in love with, you know, the gym, the working out, the social aspect of it. Um, fast forward to college, joined the rowing team at LSU, had nothing, you know, no prior experience. It was a club sport there. So, um, had some friends that went out for it, ended up tagging along with them to, you know, go, go out for this team, which it wasn't even an audition. It was kind of just like, Hey, you know, do you want to be on the team? Sure. We meet at 6am on Monday through Friday. So, you know, we did workouts for, the, um, about an hour every morning. And that was kind of that first real team, I guess, aspect I've had, um, that team sport kind of camaraderie, working out with people, sharing that, you know, um, experience, sharing the pain with people. And then, so we did that for four years, still working out pretty standard bodybuilding, um, at the rec center. It was still, you know, very social thing, go to the gym, work out for a little bit, talk for more of the time than actually working out. Um, and then I graduated and that's kind of like when I guess real life hit and what I, I graduated in construction management. So, um, the job that I took had me kind of traveling different parts of the country. I was in Mississippi for a bit, moved over to Iowa. So a lot of moving around. Um, didn't know a lot of people where I was traveling to. So I quickly got bored with just going to the gym 
And since it wasn't, it was no longer that social thing. It felt like something that I was doing for just because I thought I had to do it. I, I was not going to be that. I never was the type that was going to just skip the gym altogether. I was going regardless, you know, five or six days a week. But at that point, it finally started to feel like a chore. And that was probably the first time that I had experienced that. So it was, you know, go to work all day, go to the gym after work, look at your watch, see how long you've been there. Have you been there long enough? Cool. Once you get home, that's kind of where your day, your evening begins and you're finally off, you know, of all the duties. So started getting tired of that. And then at that point I had a buddy who, um, had just started doing CrossFit and we, he was, you know, he's one of my best friends. We had worked out together on the rowing team at LSU. He's been my, you know, workout buddy forever. We had made fun of CrossFit forever. Um, at this point, you know, we didn't want to do CrossFit because it was too much cardio. We were going to lose all of our size and mass that we thought we had. Um, you know, so standard, pretty standard, uh, standard situation there, but he had joined the CrossFit gym. He's like, you'll love it. You'll, you, you know, you should try it out. So when I moved to Iowa, I finally kind of bit the bullet, walked into a CrossFit gym and that's where I kind of instantly knew I was like, Hey, this is where it's at. This is kind of where I want to be. It didn't matter how much it costs at that point. Cause at first that was kind of, you know, kind of price adverse. I didn't, didn't really know if it was worth spending that hundred, you know, 30 or $40, whatever it was up from my normal uh, gym membership. So I did that. And then um, that's kind of where I fell in love with CrossFit for the first time. And also where I kind of, I'd always had this pipe dream of wanting to do personal training. I, when I was on the rowing team, I was a captain uh, before I graduated and, you know, I led workouts there. I knew I enjoyed that. I liked kind of, you know, having that leadership role personal training seemed like a fun job that, you know, would allow me to work out at work. Um, so that was kind of a pipe dream at that point. But once I joined that CrossFit gym, I realized that this was kind of the segue into being able to do something like that. I've, you know, I saw that it was a little bit lower barrier to entry. I didn't have to have this huge space. Um, I didn't have to work for the Globo gym necessarily. Um, so that was kind of, what opened my eyes to CrossFit being a thing. And that's kind of where that's yeah. How much longer did it take from your first workout to opening up a crew CrossFit crew? Good question. So that first workout would have been probably in 2014. So yeah, 2014 or 15. Um, so it was about two or three years from first workout till opening the gym. Um, you know, once I went into that CrossFit gym, um, it was CrossFit FS in Sioux City, Iowa. Um, once I, you know, I, I kind of saw it as being a reality and a little bit more of a real thing that could happen. So I kind of began to channel all of my hatred for my current job into planning, you know, this gym and drawing sketches and, you know, um, creating logos and all the fun stuff that is probably has nothing really to do with actual business, but it was more of my side gig to kind of take my mind off of the current job that I was doing that I didn't really enjoy doing, you know, working all these hours every week, um, moving around every few months or so. And I kind of decided that once I got moved to a project back close to home, close to new Orleans, 
that that was when I was going to start to actually make a move and try to plan my exit from industrial construction and into the fitness space. Yeah. And one of the, uh, the fun facts about you that we've talked about is that your first class that you ever coach was the first day your gym opened, right? Yeah. So my gym opened August 7th, 2017. And that was my very first class coaching as a CrossFit instructor. Um, had never done it before. And then I went right into owning the gym and coaching every class. It was an interesting story because did it all backwards. Um, as most business, you know, businesses go, we, we mess up a couple times first, but, um, when I had gotten on the job in new Orleans, I knew that I wanted to start considering making this a reality. So I start looking at commercial, you know, real estate. I know nothing about commercial real estate. I'm just looking. Um, and I figure like, since I'm looking for real estate, I should probably schedule my level one. So I do that. That's still like a couple months out. Um, as I'm looking, I get a hit on a building that a friend has. It's not listed. Um, one of my friend's neighbors had a, you know, a building for lease that they thought might be something that I'd be interested in. So I toured that building, really liked it. The same week that I toured it, um, we're probably all in the same Facebook functional fitness garage sale group. Um, there was a gym in Georgia that was closing down and selling all of their equipment. So I toured the building and then got on the phone with this gym who was selling all their equipment, struck a deal, um, called the landlords that I had toured it with and was like, Hey, you know, is it cool if I bring all this equipment in, store it in this building while we agree to some lease terms. So I had like very basic terms, nothing ironed out on pen and paper, drove to Atlanta that weekend, picked up all this equipment, drove back, um, stored it in the building while we negotiated the lease, then signed the lease. And then the next weekend I went to my level one, got certified and then started actually building the business from there. It's funny. We were like, all of us were so unprepared starting gyms. If we started it, you know, eight, nine, 10 plus years ago, did you feel unprepared at that time? Or did you just feel like this is normal? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 you kind of had the blueprint already. So it, you know, people like yourselves had already come before me and done it. And I had been to enough gyms at that point, moving around a little bit where I knew what I liked. I knew what I didn't like. I was like, I can do this. I can, you know, figure it out. Um, clearly you're still never prepared, but it was never going to happen unless that, you know, first step happened where there was just kind of that aha moment. Like, Oh, this building's perfect. It's in the middle of uptown new Orleans where there's not very many warehouses. You know, it's what are the chances this is going to happen again? It's kind of, you know, kind of a sign. And then just kind of that same week that post hit on Facebook. And I was like, well, I guess we're, we're buying a, Jim's worth of equipment today and then we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, it's incredible. I love I love those stories. Um and we'll talk about how with this next gym you get a chance to do it a little bit more intentional um the second time around. But I want to talk we had talked before the show and you had said that you've added about 100 members from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. So I'd love to hear more about what changes you've made through that time and, and what's enabled you 
to be able to be more successful now than you were two years, two years ago? Yeah, I think we're, I mean, we're obviously, everyone's steadily growing and the space changes so rapidly that if you're not growing, you're just getting left behind. So, um, I chalk some of it up to natural changes, obviously, and just natural growth and, and becoming a better gym, you know, every day. We also kind of hit our three-year mark mid-pandemic, which I feel is kind of that point where people start to really know that you're there. Um, enough people have come through the doors where you're getting a lot more organic um, traffic in and a lot more brand recognition. And then also uh, during the pandemic, while we were shut down, we spent pretty much the entire you know month and a half or whatever it was that we were shut down doing improvements, painting the building, adding insulation, adding cos you know all the cosmetic stuff that I didn't think was as important whenever I first opened up in 2017 um, and making it a little bit more of a polished product than where we were at. And like we were talking before the show a little bit, I thought in 2017, I thought my gym was the most beautiful gym you'd ever seen. Um, and I still thought that I was a step ahead of most gyms that I had been to as far as the finishes go and, you know, having actual, having paint on the walls instead of graffiti or, you know, and little things like that. But then looking back at it, I still have so far to go and there's still, you know, so many improvements that I'd love to make, but I think that those things helped. And then just, you know, um, we did a good job staying engaged through the pandemic. Um, we even picked up a couple members through the pandemic while we were doing, online classes daily a couple times a day and, and really just trying to, you know, we loaned out every piece of equipment we had to all of our members just so that we could all, you know, stay working out, stay active when everybody was going through that tough time. Nice. Yeah. I want to talk to you about team as well, because I think from our conversations, I've gotten to feel that you are a good leader. Um, you've created a, uh, uh, atmosphere where, your team can thrive. And I think that's probably what's enabling you to be able to look at even looking at doing another location, another brand. So what are some of the things, what's your team dynamic look like? How many people do you have on staff and, and what are some of the insights that you've gotten over the years as it relates to either hiring or coaches development, anything related to building a team? Yeah. I mean, our team's great. Um, I lucked out into getting some really good coaches in early on. Um, you know, it was that thing where you start off coaching 90% of the classes and my first coach was, he's one of my really good friends now. He, he was like, Hey, I heard you're opening a gym. I'm certified. And I was like, you're hired. Cool. Um, that's all it took at that point. Um, but you know, it's something that I put, I guess a lot of effort into early on was hiring coaches and just getting a team built because, it's not something that you can do by yourself and, you know, without a, a great team to share your vision, you're going to burn out. It's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when. Um, so, you know, I lucked into some good coaches with some, you know, managerial experience who were able to share that vision as well. Um, a little bit trial by fire, um, you know, learning as you go, obviously, but I actually at one point kind of, I think it was like probably a year and a half to two years in, I went back to a construction job for kind of to, you know, I got, it was kind of too good to pass up type thing that was in, you know, not too far away. I went back to construction and it actually allowed me to pull myself out of the 
day to day a little bit and forced me to have someone step into that role a little bit more. And I think doing stuff, doing something like that actually sped that process along just because it, it needed to happen at that point rather than me being there every single day and, and being able to take care of the, you know, put all the fires out and everything as you normally do. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's, that's a really interesting way to have to develop a team is when you're forced into it. So what did, what did you learn through that? Um, and were you still coaching at all? Were you doing anything for the business? Anything yeah, kind that, of te- major? Yeah, for sure. At that time I was working, it was like a four day a week gig. So I would go to the gym every afternoon to, to work out or to, you know, maybe coach the later class. Um, and coaching pretty much all days on all day on Friday, because that was my off day from the other job. Um, but yeah, it just kind of forces you to realize what is working, what's not working. Um, and then, you know, as you grow, I guess when you start a, a business like this, it's all about figuring out how to make it profitable and make it where it's something that you can do and enjoy. But then it slowly becomes from you figuring out how to make it profitable and work for yourself to having to figure out, you know, how to hire a team to, to grow with you and then how to support that team rather than just yourself. And it, you know, you don't really notice it happening, but at some point you go from just having to support yourself to then having, um, we have myself and three other full-time employees now and, you know, another handful of coaches that coach anywhere from, you know, three to 10 shifts a week. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk about the transition to Ergo Fit. So that's the the new brand that you're going to be opening up. And um, give us a timeline on that. Just like, what what do you expect it to open? How far away is it from your current gym? Uh, give us an idea of all that stuff. Yeah, that's a, I would love the answer to that question. Um, we are working to figure that out as we speak. So we, um, I went, so something uh, different about ErgoFit is I am going into this with two business partners, um, a couple that I met back at LSU when I was rowing. Um, so they are in that same space, um, the, the, the rowing space, which is kind of, we'll talk about more of the concept of the gym. Um, but we purchased the building back in April of 21. So something that is different about this is we do own the building. So now we are managing the, um, the rebuild and the construction side of it as well. So right now we are in the permitting process. We've just about at the end. So construction should start pretty soon here on the remodel and the renovation. So once that happens, we are about three to four months out. Hopefully looking for end of spring, early summer, 2022. And what's the concept? How is it different than what you're currently doing? Yeah, so it is, we definitely play into a different demographic. Um, The concept is going to be using the three concept two machines, for lack of a better term, for the concept. Um, The biker, the skier, and the rower. And part of where this came about is, you know, I am my whole fitness journey began with rowing. So I've always been a little bit more, um, in love with the rower than some, you know, we, we put a lot of emphasis at crew on rowing technique and 
it, it shows whenever we go to, you know, a local competition or when, you know, someone else comes in and they're like, oh, wow, I've never actually been coached on how to row. Um, so that's definitely something I'm passionate about with the rower. But the whole idea, I guess, began because we want, I wanted to break into the boutique fitness space. I wanted to kind of serve a different client. Um, one of, you know, our missions at crew and just in crew fitness is to expand our fitness footprint across the city. So in doing that, I didn't feel like opening a second CrossFit gym was as impactful as potentially opening up a different concept where I get to have something for a whole different client where if I'm meeting with you and you know, we're doing an intro and I can see that you're not into the barbell, okay, we have something for you. That's a little more, um, you know, high intensity, a little less technique, a little, you know, more got lighter weight, higher, uh, higher reps, that kind of boot camp style cardio workout that some people are looking for and they don't want, you know, they don't want to touch a barbell. How much are you guys going to bring in dumbbells, kettlebells, body weight movements? Um, you know, how, how similar, I guess the model that I, I see it most closely similar to is an orange theory. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have the different machines, but they got the rower section, the treadmill section, and they have kind of the TRX weights section. Um, so how are you imagining these other components mixing in with it? Yeah. So, so we will, we will our, our, the way we'll have it set up is the room will be split with rowers on one side and then the bike and the ski on the other side. Um, on each side, you'll have kettlebells, dumbbells, and TRX bands. And half of the 45-minute class will be spent on the rower and the floor exercises there. And then the other class will be mirrored on a machine of choice, whether you're using the skier or the bike, and then the same floor exercises. So you may be rowing while the person across from you is, is biking, and then we'll both hop off the rower, do burpees together, and then so on and so forth in intervals, um, kind of like that. So... We'll use our fair share of the floor exercises, the TRXs as well. Um, we just are excited to be able to bring all three pieces of equipment in because there are, you know, there are a ton of bike studios. There are rowing studios that are becoming more and more uh, prevalent every day, it seems like. There's a lot of rowing studios opening up. So excited to combine the bike, the rower, and then bring in the skier, which is something that most people are pretty unfamiliar with outside of the CrossFit space. Yeah. Definitely. Now, is this something, the, the workout formats, how much of this is, is you kind of, uh, peering into the future and saying, this is where I think would be a really cool concept versus this is stuff that you've tried at your facility that you're like, Oh wow, that was really cool. What if there was an entire gym built around this similar format? And I think about, um, like metabolic, I don't know if you know much about them, their franchise and they, their whole model was kind of built off doing fight gone bad as a workout and going, well, these are, this is the best day mm-hmm. in the gym is when we run this style of workout. What if we built a gym that was just basically built with different interval formats, different stations that had kind of the lower risk, uh, lower technical, less technical movements, uh, but still gave us some of the same feel that we love from fight gone bad. So how much have you dabbled with this versus is this going to be new for you? 
Um, it'll be pretty new. We've definitely, I mean, we've all done intervals and, you know, on and off of these machines. Um, we've got four skiers at the gym, so we'll play around with them um, here and there. They don't get used a ton in class. But it's also, I guess, the whole, the whole idea... And before we rebranded from uh, CrossFit to Crew Fit or Crew to CrossFit to Crew Fitness, the the concept in my brain was called Crew Fit. But now that is actually our CrossFit or our ex CrossFit class is called Crew Fit. Um, but so there's always been this concept in my head of a more boutique class, um, something a little less grungy than the warehouse vibe that I love. Um, don't get me wrong, um, but a little more approachable in that sense. And then also just a, a less of a barrier to entry for members or potential clients that want to come in and just work out. Um, you know, the good thing and the bad thing about being in the functional fitness or the CrossFit space is that there is so much, there's such a big learning curve to getting started safely. So if you're going to do it right, you know, you're going to have to do a prep course or an intro or foundations or whatever you call it um, to, to teach the, the new member the barbell movements, to teach him how to safely do these gymnastics movements and how to scale properly and all those things. So, um, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, I'm looking for also something that is a little bit easier to say, hey, you, you know, not interested in all that stuff well we have something else for you as well that you can literally start right now and similar to you know how you split your crossfit and your beach fit um or the two programs the whatever they are you know rebranded as now um to where you have that lower barrier of entry for you know someone who may not be interested in the high skill gymnastics the heavy barbell and all those things that come with it yeah. How does the operational capacity side of things play in for you? The ability to get more bodies into a smaller square footage or the same square footage and do it safely, do it efficiently and still have a really good experience. How much has that played into the design of this model? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, functional fitness, CrossFit barbell work is, you know, as we know, it's, it's not a great use of your square footage. Um, if you're trying to maximize your capacity, but, um, you know, rowers, unfortunately aren't the smallest pieces of equipment either, but it is, you know, it is something that we are excited to be able to have a little bit more, a, a, a bigger class in a smaller, smaller area, but also coming from the pandemic, we've had to also look at it as kind of, making things into these pods where people still feel comfortable in their own space, um, where you're close enough to someone to, to get that community effect, but also have your own pieces of equipment and not jumping on the same sweaty rower as the person before you, because while some of those things were okay, you know, even in the functional fitness space three years ago in 2019, coming out of it in 2021 or so, we realized that people really like their own space. They like their own equipment. Um, the tape lines on the floor at the gym are still there and people still love them because they like having their dedicated, you know, space where they don't feel like they're working out on top of somebody. So, you know, it is nice being able to get more people on the floor in that, but also still making sure that we have space for people, if that answers that question. Yeah. I'm curious, um, if you have the specifics on the numbers of what, what's your current approximate square footage of 
of uh, workout space and how many can you fit in a crew fit class? And then what's your projected square footage with this new location and how many do you think you could fit into a class over there? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, our current space, so crew fit or crew fitness is 4,000 square feet. So it's a 40 by 100 square foot building. Um, we have a 15 person class cap on there. Now, could we fit more people in there? Sure. Um, but the way we've got it working, unless we add coaches to the floor, 15 people is about the cap. But it also, we added a another small rig during the pandemic or just out coming out of the pandemic that gave us four more squat stations. So now we have 10 squat stations on the rigs. So even with a 15 person class, you can have mostly have your own space, maybe sharing with one person. Whereas before we had um, just eight. Sometimes, so we sometimes more than two. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 15 people in 4,000 square feet to answer that question. And then the new space is about 3,300 square feet total. But as far as workout space, it's not like a functional fitness space where, you know, every single spot in the gym is a workout spot. So probably 1500 square feet of dead space there. So you're looking at about 2000 square feet and a 24 person cap is what we're looking at. Yeah. So that's a crazy difference in terms of operational capacity. You're talking, I don't know what the, the rough math on it is, but 4,000 for 15 versus, uh, 2000 for 24, um, you know, less, definitely less than a hundred square foot per person in sure. the ergo fit model and well over 200 square feet for the, uh, crew fit model. Now, what this is interesting about the 3,300, you're giving up so much space, right? Like that's how maybe some, some people might think about it with giving up this 1500. What is that being used for? And why are, why are you giving up so much of that space, putting that in quotes? Yeah. So luckily we get to, you know, we get a, a blank box that we're building out how we want it. Um, especially since we own the building. So that's a nice feature in a gym like this. We have to have a front office or a front desk. We have to have a nice appealing, um, you know, front area reception area for walk-ins coming off the street. This, this location is going to have a hundred times more street traffic than we would ever get at crew fitness. Um, and then also, you know, showers, changing rooms, lockers, all those things do take up valuable space where in the functional fitness space, a lot of times those, you know, your bags thrown on the floor next to you or wherever it is. So, um, cleaning those things up a little bit and then staging areas as well. So being that it's going to be more of a, you know, it's a 45 minute class. You're on the whole time. Um, the class before you will be staging, um, off the workout floor and then kind of filtered in once the next class leaves. So space for all that. And then also space in the back for what I would consider a corporate office for the whole brand, the whole franchise, um, for office space for myself, for my business partners, space for us to do nutrition consults, um, and all those little things where it gets to be, you know, we don't have the space that I, I wish we had a better spot for that at, crew right now we don't so having some nicer space to do consults to do 
um, intro meetings and those things is also going to be a benefit because this location is, it's only about two miles away from our current location. Where are you going to put the GHDs? <laughs> the GHDs will not be in this, this <laughs> building. Actually, I looked at my GHDs yesterday and was like, do we really need those? Because they're taking up a lot of space. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how when you start to think about think about it from a different perspective of like it being a, a legitimate business and ha and being able to serve all the different parts of uh, your, your needs as the owner and needing office space and meeting space, as well as the client's needs to have a nice front desk area, have a place that they can sit before class and not just be trying to not get hit by a barbell on the side of the room. You know, it, it, it really, you realize how much more important that stuff is versus you know, a specialty piece of equipment or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. And, and we've really learned with our beach fit program over the years that, um, you know, simpler is better in many ways. And, and it allows you to really focus on the why of fitness. Like, what is this meant to do? This is really meant to serve the other 23 hours of a person's day. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's meant to give them a great experience, but really serve the rest of their life. And you realize you don't need a lot of complexity to do that. It needs to keep. It needs to be fun enough. It needs to be exciting enough that people are excited to show up and they get fitter, they get better. But it that doesn't need complexity or specialty equipment in order to accomplish it. Yeah, for sure, and that's a good point. It, like I mentioned earlier, it, the space is changing and evolving every single day, and you know, there's there's plenty of, I guess, you know. OG CrossFitters that may not, you know, it's not the same. It's not what they were expecting or where they, you know, started out. But I think that's something that we've gotten better at as coaches. And I think this probably speaks for most coaches that are still coaching in this, this space because the ones that haven't, a lot of those affiliates probably haven't made it maybe through the pandemic or, you know, may not be around anymore. But those of us that are still around and, and coaching have gotten a lot better at giving that individual product to a group class and really honing in on people's why and what they're here for and, you know, doing our best to get away from chasing an RX or chasing a leaderboard or those things that, you know, many of us do love it's it's something that we it's, it's a tough line to toe because there's a reason we all got into this space in the first place and we love we love functional fitness we love crossfit but that's something that i'm excited about is having this completely different model where you know it, it does cater to a whole different clientele than what we're catering to right now so we're not you know dipping in the same basket we're able to to connect and and help and work with so many more people then we will be able to just stay in our one location or if we were to open up a second functional fitness space yeah yeah it's you brought up something that's really interesting that i wanted to dive into a little bit more i think that there's a um there's a business component to it and a serving component to it and i think someone who still maybe is in that entrenched in that CrossFit mindset. And like, I saw it with this, uh, with the recent firing of Dave Castro. And you see these people in the comments that are like, Oh, CrossFit's watered down. It's gone woke, all these things. And, <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's funny to me how riled up people get, but I, I see how 
business owners have been put in a bad light if they're trying to do things to improve their business, improve their operational capacity, start a beach fit program, start a, a boot camp style class. And there's certainly a, a business and financial component to it. And I think most business owners feel pressured to go on that route because they need, they literally need it to survive. They're not saying I need to make so much more money. They're saying I need to figure out to make enough money to survive. Um, I know you guys are not that in that situation. We haven't been in that situation. Um, but the other component of this is that if you've been coaching and truly connecting with the client and their needs, you can't not see this direction because there's so many instances where you're having to make these little exceptions for people um, or adjustments for people that you know this isn't right. Like when you have the grandma there or the older client that's in their 50s or 60s, and you're trying to to sell them on Grace or Isabel as a workout, it's like, yeah, they can do it and scale it. But if I had a blank slate with this person and I was trying to figure out what the best way to get them fitter was, hell no, Grace or Isabel would not be one of the first workouts that they would do or ever, they would never do that workout, right? So yeah, for sure. When you're a coach who's truly trying to help people and you're paying attention to the feedback and the cues that they're giving you in return, you, that's where these ideas really come about because you're like, yeah, this is really cool. I love this. I get it. It's great for that person who's, who, who really gets it the way that I get it. But there's also a really, a lot of people that we can't serve in the deepest way doing it this way. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, and I think that's where a lot of the people in our industry have shifted to a, also to more personal training. Um, we spoke about this earlier where you were, your personal training has increased a pretty good bit and ours has as well. Just because we, we understand that that group class is probably the lowest tier service that we, we have. Um, just because it's not personalized, it's not individual. It can be to an extent. Um, and we can definitely coach it up to be as good of a workout as we can get within our means there. But a lot of, I think we're, you know, myself included are, you know, revisiting our business model and saying, Hey, maybe we're, you know, selling personal training first, and then we're going to group classes or, you know, this is something else that we do if it fits with what you're looking for and in your budget and whatnot. But the same thing with ErgoFit is like, we, you know, we've been talking about serving this different demographic, but also coming into that space, trying to do it better. Um, because we will be in a space with the orange theories with the cycle bars and all these bigger name, um, affiliates that are, or these franchises rather that are in this space, but being that we're doing it and we're not a huge franchise and we are coming from the functional fitness space, I think that we'll be able to put an interesting spin on it where we are connecting with our members on a deeper level where we're meeting and doing goal check-ins and offering personal training, offering nutrition coaching, um, through a dietitian, all these things that I feel tend to get lost when you skew too far into the boutique space where it's literally herding cattle in and out. Um, and the workout's great. Don't get me wrong, but we lose some of those connections. So I want to try to bridge that gap a little bit as well, where, especially in a city like new Orleans, where community's huge, um, 
I think a local brand will do really well because we can offer that personal touch rather than just moving you through the same thing that you expect it to be. And, you know, see you next time you're at the gym, but until then we won't chat. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of, a lot of white space to, to see an orange theory, see what they do well, see why they've been able to be successful, but also say, yeah, what is it that we uniquely bring to the table? And it sounds like the, probably the two big things that you're leaning into in that sense is the, the coaching side of things and the connection side of things that you've done really well over these last five, six years that you don't believe these other franchises can compete with or do as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the coaching's there depending on where you are, obviously. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, any one gym is better than this other gym. We know, you know, just from my experience that if, if you're going consistently, it's a great gym. Um, if it, if it works for you and gets you out of the door and into, into some type of fitness where you're getting healthier, where you're bettering yourself, then, you know, I'm all for it, but there is a lot of, there are a lot of fish in the sea. There are a lot of, there's a lot of room for, um, growth and improvement. And I don't think that the market's saturated, especially for those that are looking for that personal touch, um, a little bit more than you might get in a typical, um, franchise boutique fitness class. Is there anything on the marketing side that you guys are going to do differently this time around that you did not do? You know, I'm thinking something like, are you going to try to fill the gym before day one or do anything special in that regards that will be different than what you did with crew? Yeah. So on the marketing side, we're going to market and that's probably the biggest difference. <laughs> I don't think we did a whole lot with crew. I still struggle um, on that side. Luckily, one of my business partners is does come from a marketing firm. So she'll have that um, pretty nailed down. But yeah, absolutely. We did a, a pre-sale campaign where we had, um, you know, we got, I think, 50 members in our first month at crew. So definitely something similar. But yeah, also just that evergreen marketing plan, which is something that I think a lot of us that get into this space probably struggle with the most is that marketing side of, you know, keeping up with, with those, that, that, that's where I struggle with the most, at least is, you know, keeping current with those things. So something that I've learned in, you know, my almost five years of doing this now is just, you know, creating that plan and sticking to that plan. So something, you know, cause we were talking about this earlier, just something that we'll do differently going into to ErgoFit is having those standard operating procedures is having those annual plans and those marketing calendars and all those things that help the decisions, help guide the decisions throughout the year rather than frantically just chipping away at a to-do list and, you know, never actually getting anywhere, never feeling like you're getting anywhere either. Um, and you know, we definitely will hit the ground running, I guess, with a more robust marketing plan, just because I feel like crew needed a slow growth because I wasn't ready for, if you'd have given me 150, 200, 250 members on day one, it would have imploded on itself, you know? So a gym like that needed to grow over these years, but something like this is going to be ready from day one. It'll be you know, the, the budget for the renovation is to get it to pristine, top-notch, um, you know, all the finishes where they need to be on day one. That way we can kind of hit the ground running. So definitely a 
much more robust pre-opening marketing plan, planning on, you know, taking the building a community and, and taking them along with the construction as that happens. And that's kind of going to be a cool aspect that we have to, you know, since we did design the whole interior, we're building out, we're going a full, full renovation. So taking them along there and then also, you know, just marketing around the community since the, you know, that New Orleans community is so big and we're on a pretty, we're probably on the busiest street in the city and in one of the best locations that I could think of for where I would want this to be at. So um, just getting to know our neighbors and, you know, making some connections before we even have our first class. Nice. So how many locations are you planning to have with this? Is this just going to be another single location and take it from there? You guys thinking about franchising down the road? What's the long-term possibility? Yeah, I think yeah, this, is, this is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out on the first one. Um, but it's definitely something that we'd like to be able to replicate um, and create a, you know, a standard for and, and see it grow, at least in the local community, um, you know, within our, our local area. And then from there, who knows? We'll see where it goes. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time, Jonathan. Really uh, appreciate you sharing and getting to hear more about this idea. And hopefully it gets the creative juices flowing for other successful gym owners out there or other gym owners that want to be successful. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time. Where can people learn more about you and, uh, and crew fit, ergo fit and, uh, follow along with the journey? Yeah. So crew is, um, www.crew.fitness and, we are at CrewFit, K-R-E-W-E-F-I-T. And then ErgoFit is www.goergofit.com. And we are at ErgoFitNOLA, which is E-R-G-O-F-I-T-N-O-L-A. So ErgoFit New Orleans. Um, yeah, follow along on our construction. Follow along on what we're doing and, um, you know. Let us know if y'all have got any, any suggestions or questions. Awesome. Well, good luck with the new model. I hope it, you guys knock it out of the park. And um, again, thank you for coming on the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me.